Welcome to the Inside the Eight podcast with your hosts, Jamie Monroe and Colleen McGarity. This podcast is dedicated to all things women's lacrosse. We will break down top games of the week, discuss coaching strategies, and lacrosse recruiting. We will even bring in some of the game's top coaches and players as special guests. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie and Colleen. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Inside the Eight podcast. Back again this week solo, third week in a row, week in a row solo um, without Jamie Monroe. Um, kind of liking this, but I'm um, be happy to have Jamie back um, when he's not traveling. I have Jill Bachelor with me today, who is the head coach of Drexel, who is off to an amazing start. Excited to have her today. Jill, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for um, having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so let's chat about like the success of your season so far and, you know, what your thoughts are kind of to why it's going so well this year, or, you know, if there's anything that you're like in particular, what's clicking this year for you guys? I think, um, I think there's just a lot of just great energy that surrounds our program. And I think in this really difficult year, everyone has just really rallied around that we were off to such a great start last year and we're going to finish what we started. The opportunity to have our fifth years come back and be a part of that was just really special. And um, I think that there's a lot of confidence that has been built. Um, So we were really just ready to come into this year and give it everything that we had. We have an awesome coaching staff and I really attribute a lot of it to that. Um, like Maddie and Kelsey and my sister, Jamie is also one of our volunteer assistant. And, um, I just think they bring such amazing energy every day and that kind of sets the tone for the team. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of it is just attributed to good energy, to confidence and to that belief in like, we're, we're going to finish this out. That's awesome. Um, I love to hear that. And I mean, I get to work with your assistants a lot on the club side, the coach for me at triple H and they're just so excited about, you know, how the team's doing and what's next. And I think that that is such a key part when your staff wants to be there, that energy just trickles right to the players. And we always talk about like playing a college sport is hard. Like it's hard, but if you turn it into the best part of your day and that energy is so positive, it can create such, you know, great momentum. Oh, I totally agree. That's a big thing that we talk about all the time that we've said from the beginning, we want the girls to look forward to coming to practice and it to be the most fun thing in their life because they have so much else that's hard and, um, and tough in their life being a student athlete. So the opportunity to come to practice should be a release and it should be something that they look forward to. And I really think that's the energy that like our staff brings and the team brings too now, which is fun. That's awesome. And what year are you in right now at Drexel? This is my third year, third year. That's what I was gonna say. So one year regular than a COVID year and now this year. So kind of two almost normalish seasons. Yeah. Um, What, what is like your main, I guess, coaching philosophy that you've brought with you when you're at Bryant that you bring here? What are your kind of like non-negotiables for the way that you create and um, coach your culture? Um, So our team saying is fast, fierce together. And that's something that we talk about every day. Um, I've had such like a unique playing and coaching experience in that like I've always played for like an up and coming team or I've always coached for these types of programs. And I think it's kind of like my niche. 
in turning, being a part of a turnaround. And, um, and so I thought like, okay, well, what are the things that I found that are the most important in those turnarounds? And really it is like playing fast and playing aggressive and fierce, and then just being the strongest team on the field, you know, and our energy and the way that we support each other. Um, so those are the three like non-negotiables for us that we talk about every day. That's awesome. And so what do you, where do you think you learned, um, those from, or where do you attribute those coming from to create your culture? Was it, you know, at Syracuse or who you coached under or kind of who were your mentors, I guess, for your coaching style? I think it really like started from like my high school coach, Lorraine Beers, I'm sure you know her from the Philly area, but um, of course. I was really lucky to have her at Carroll and have like the team that I had. Um, when I first got to Carroll, we went to the championship my freshman year and um, really it was coach Beers that did that. And then um, we ended up winning the first championship my sophomore year and now they've won what is it like 20 in a row? Um, crazy. So it's, it's crazy. And so just being a part of like that just sparked like, Oh, like winning, you know, like winning, how fun it is, you know? And, and I kind of thought that like, I, I almost got like a, a taste of it at such a young age. Like if you just work hard and you believe in it, like you're going to win, you know? And I think that that's something that I've just carried through with me. Like since, you know, from my time at Syracuse, being a part of like the first Big East championship, like that was really special. And that's something that I really want to give to all my student athletes. And it's something that like we work really hard for. Good. I mean, you said one key thing that sticks with me that I talk about a lot with like my players, both the Ben Charter and Triple H is just belief. Like it's crazy how impactful it is. If you do not believe you're going to win, you're not going to win. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's the same thing with envisioning like successful plays or, or doing something well out there. Like if you constantly are like overplaying a mistake or overplaying a, you know, something negative, you're clearly going to do that again. So I am, I'm huge on that, like belief and that like positive mental thoughts. Um, it sounds like you kind of are too. Oh yeah. That's something that we like talked about from the beginning, like that we knew that there was a lot of talent at Drexel and we knew what we needed to do to win. And we just kept going back to that belief. Like, and even in, actually we talked about this in our pregame of Towson that um, two years ago when we were like in that same locker room, even though we lost the game and we ended up, you know, not being able to go to the playoffs because of that loss, like the feeling in the locker room was like, okay, well, even though we lost, we know how to win now. And so it was just really cool being with our team after this like last game and them saying like, like what a turnaround that was. And we believed in ourselves even when we were losing. So like, that's why we believe in ourselves so much now, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and you're, you dominated that game. Like you guys crushed it. So (laughs) they really believed themselves. Um, What is like your kind of practice set up? Like, do you guys, you know, is it fast paced? Like, what are you guys kind of doing at practice um, to keep that momentum and keep that energy? It's definitely fast paced. I mean, that's, you know, part of our thing is um, keeping drills at speed and keeping everything really competitive and, um, you know, keeping things fresh, but also consistent. Like we do a lot of the same drills all the time. So they gain confidence in it. Um, but I think also we do break up the week a pretty well, or we have like competition days the day before a game. And so they're really understanding that, like how to compete, but how to have fun competing. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. And do you try and keep it like, is it hour and a half to, you know what I mean? It's funny just talking to people like, oh, we're out there for three hours or we're out there for an hour and a half and, or two hours. Is it trying, is it trying to be like fast and concise and get them out of there or longer strategy or combination? No, we're usually out of there within like two hours is probably our max. Mm -hmm. Um, The day before the game is going to be shorter, like an hour and a half. But again, you know, we, I do want to keep it concise and also be respectful of their time. You know, they're student athletes. They have a lot else going on. So I think the more that we can be concise within our training, you know, the fresher that they're going to be and the more also they're going to want to be there. Totally. I mean, you think about as a coach, I feel the same way though. Sometimes too, it's like, you don't want to be there for three hours, you know? So it's like, got to be respectful. You have three kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. Um, that's great. Although the girls know that I would, I would be out there. I would be out there for three hours. They know. <laughs> I know I maybe it's hard. actually reverse. Maybe yeah. it's three kids. You'd rather be out there for six hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, heading into kind of your guys' strategy defensively goalie. What are you guys doing on D? Are you guys in a zone? You win a man, a little bit of both. You kind of are seeing a ton of zone these days in college. Um, but then you see some of the, you know, the powerhouses that are always up there still playing man to man. What are you guys kind of doing down there? Um, I attribute this like hundred percent to Maddie. Um, she, um, we, we do both. We have a man and then we also have a zone and I think equally, both are equally as great. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool. And so we're able to kind of go into a game and, and make a decision what's, what's going to be best for this game um, and what's going to give us that competitive edge and what are we seeing in other games that they're a little bit weaker at. Um, so I also think being able to have both is also really great in a game. You know, when one isn't working, I think that our coaching staff does a great job of just like not having an ego and just saying, all right, this isn't working, all good. We're going to go to the next one and, um, and being confident in it. That's great. I mean, there's nothing better than being able to switch from both, you know what I mean? Not being stuck and yeah. Um, also practice wise, it helps you prepare, you know what I mean? To be able to play both for what you're going to see that week. Um, now, do you guys, does Maddie's like man to man or zone, or I'll go with man to man first. Are you guys pressuring out pretty far or pressuring out behind, or is it more of a relaxed man to man? Yeah, both are a little bit more relaxed. I think um, kind of fit it within our personnel and um, you know, we don't really pressure out higher than like the 12 most times. Um, But again, I think that that's just like a personnel thing with what works best with our team now. Totally. Um, And in cage, how are your goalies doing? Obviously you have a great goalie coach with Kelsey and sure they get to spend a lot of time together, but how's your goalie doing this year? Is she leading the pack down there (laughs) is killing it. I mean, Kelsey is such an amazing goalie coach, just not even in like the, like technical coaching, but just also in just talking our goalies, like through plays and what are some shots that you should have saved? What are some shots that, you know, that, you know, we need to work on. Um, and I think she does such a good job of like taking it game by game and, um, focusing, our goalies on, you know, what they're going to be seeing. And um, yeah. So, I mean, Zoe just goes into every game and she's really confident. She's a senior right now and she's okay. playing like a senior and um, you know, she really saves us a lot of times in, in some of these games. 
Um, she's, and the cool thing is like, she's confident with a lot of different types of shots. Like she's confident in her free positions. She's confident in her, you know, shots off of cuts or drives. And she's really seeing the ball well. That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing better than having a good goalie defensively behind you. Nothing better. Nothing better. (laughs) There really isn't, especially when you like, you know, in college lacrosse, like getting off a bad angle shot is, uh, is a, you know, a reward that you did the right thing. Like, so just when that's saved, it's like, phew, thank goodness. All right. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, she, and she just creates like such a spark back there and so much momentum, you know, within our team and, um, and I mean, just in her clears too, she's able to like jumpstart our offense. And so it's, it's really been fun to see her grow too over the years. That's great. That was kind of my next question is, are you guys pushing that clear fast, taking your time? Are you pushing fast breaks a lot? What's kind of the way that you your style this year? Is it to, you know, get it down into a slow break and, and work for a better shot? Or are you guys more fast paced? Like, you know, some schools are, you're scoring a ton of goals. You're clearly, mm-hmm. you know. So what are you guys kind of doing back there? We try. We try to push the fast break as much as we can. Um, I think that's part of our, you know, our MO. So we're going to play fast. And when we see an opportunity, we're going to take it. And that's like the way that I want like our girls to play. I want them to play with a lot of confidence and to believe in, you know, themselves and know, okay, if I have this shot, I, I have that go ahead to take it. You know, obviously there's like some of those like tempo times in the game where we're like, okay, like we're going to slow this down (laughs) at this point now, but you know, we do want to play fast. Um, But I, at the same time, I think that we have a really good settled game in our offense. So I do think that they do a really great job with like decision-making on, do I have this or, you know, can we settle this down for something better? It's great. Having the IQ of, the right time to take the transition and the right time to settle is key, you know, if, cause if there's nothing worse where it's like that decision as a coach, like, great, you took it and you scored. I'm happy. But if you missed that, I would have been really mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know exactly. Well, I think that that's like where our experience from like two years ago, like losing, I think that that's like what's come into play so well, like with our team now is that it's a lot of the same personnel So they remember, you know, like they remember those times and they took it in transition. And then, you know, the team went the other way and scored in the last minute of the game. Like they remember, you know, a a lot of those times where it was like, oh, like if we had just settled it down here, we, it was a tight game. Like we could have put one up and gotten the next draw. Like they remember that. And I think that that's like why they're playing so well, because they have that like in-game experience and they want to win so bad. Totally. That actually leads me to my, the midfield question. So are you guys running a midi D middies? Are you running like two way middies? Do you have multiple lines? What's kind of your midfield situation? Cause this game is so fast paced. Cause we have a shot clock, you know, those midfielders need to be so fit and it's crazy to see some that are still running the whole game or a lot of that game. We do. We have like a middies and D middies who like, um, almost going back to like when we were playing lacrosse, like, that's kind of the, the way that we, um, we have our style of game. And I, what I really like about it is we have like two of our leading scorers, Carson and Lucy as our a middies, and they never have to come out of the game. And, um, I mean, we do sub them at times, but, um, but they're just like sparks in the offense. And a couple of years ago when we were running like lines, sometimes there's just a difference between, you know, personnel that's in And so just to have that consistency in the offense, but then also on the other end with our D middies, 
the consistency with some of our demonies are our matchup players, mm-hmm. you know, so to be able to rely on them and their athleticism for like most of the game has like really been key. That's huge. I mean, I think you see it when you watch some of these, um, you know, amazing midfielders out there. And I think it's the toughest decision as a coach is like, when's the perfect time to take them out? Like, when do you run them too long that they make a, they're typically going to make either a defensive mistake and not cover the girl or, you know, throw the ball away or take one of those shots that just like aren't a great angle shot. Yeah. Um, So I think having an A midi, that sounds like it's like perfect because it's, they're fresh, they come in, they get their rest, you know? So they're always kind of fresh and getting that quick sip of water. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like they don't want to come out of the game. Like they want to be in it. They want to, you know, be the ones, you know, helping to run the attack. So I think it kind of like works with also like the personnel of our players that they, they like want to be involved and they also want that consistency of like that feel of the game, you know? Right. So yeah, it's, it's been good. Now with your a midi, D midi transition subbing, do, how do you guys do your ride a little bit differently? Are you guys in like a 30 ride? Do you drop back? Are you in a hundred ride? Does it affect the way that you're redefending? Um, we've just been playing a man ride and it doesn't really, yeah, it hasn't really affected it too much. Um, I don't know if that's like our strongest part of our game. Um, you know, we have a lot of great speed and that's how we do get the ball back at times, but we've just been playing a man and it, it's not overthinking it. Yeah. I know. I just think more when Jamie's on here too, we talk more about like the guys game and the way that they sub like strategically to, you know, the way you're going into the box. And I think that's more of a boys across thing that maybe some girls teams do, but you know, sometimes it's just easier to just get at, get into the box as fast as possible and, you know, mark, mark them up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, there's definitely some parts of our game where we're like, you know, we're just, we're not going to overthink this. We're going to keep it simple. (laughs) Totally. And I think girls need that. Yeah. I feel like, and cause girls are such perfectionists that I say, I'm like, if you give them too much, they're going to do exactly what you're going to say. And oh. then you're not going to have the freedom to like trust their own athleticism or trust their instinct. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I find myself saying that all the time when I'm coaching, I'm like, okay, this is an option for you. I'm not saying do this on the next one. <laughs> like yeah. if it's there, do it. If it's not, you know, just see it as a read next time. Yeah. It's nothing worse when you're like, tell them to do something and they do it. And I'm like, well, she was covered that time. So yeah. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But you know, they do, they, they want to, they want to be so great. And that's what I, I know. I really do that. Like love about them. Well, that's great. Now heading into attack where clearly you guys are super successful right now, scoring a lot of goals, moving the ball. Are you guys, looking to attack from up top, the sides behind a little bit of everywhere, um, sets or motions or kind of what's your style? Um, you know, we want to, our style is like, again, like playing that fear style of game. Like we, we do want to attack from everywhere. We don't want to be predictable in what we're doing. So we, we really value, I know a lot of people say this, but like having threats within all seven attackers, but I do think that you see that in our game is that we don't rely on one, two or three people, even though it may look like that in the stats, like every person is creating offense. So a lot of times, like some of those other people are creating looks for the people that are scoring. Um, it's just, they're the ones that are kind of putting it away. Um, so we do, I, we do attack from everywhere. And, um, you know, I think we play, play a lot of two man game and that kind of creates a lot of looks and, you know, have, a lot of crease play that again, like is creating looks. 
um, for other people. But I do think that that piece of like every person buying into, oh, like I'm important in this attack has really made like our team so successful. And also it's helped us out in a lot of these games, um, you know, with we've been having like face guards and double face guards. And um, I think our team does a really good job adapting. And then also it not letting it phase them when somebody is taken out. Awesome. I have a question. You say that like everyone finds their role. Um, I think this is probably the hardest part as a coach for an offensive unit is what are some helpful tips or ways that you coach to activate those off ball, off ball attackers? You know what I mean? How do you get them to understand how important their movement is to like free up the shot or important their movement is to have the correct slip cut? So do you guys have, you know, specific sayings or specific, specific drills that help that like off ball movement? Um, well, we do a lot. Well, in the beginning of the year, when we were really focusing on, all right, everyone's going to need to be a threat. We do drills where, all right, we're not done working the attack until everybody scores, you know? So it's like amazing when you say that it's amazing to see, Oh, how hard that everyone starts going, you know? So I think that that's really helpful in people being like, Oh, like I can do this, you know? Um, so I think that that's was something that was really beneficial for us. And then we do a lot of film. We do a lot of feedback meetings, with the girls, we, we meet with them like every two weeks. And so in those meetings, we stress, here's what you're doing really well. Here's what you need to work on. And if they aren't understanding like their role in a play, like we'll break it down with them. And so I think there's a, a lot of like personal development there and also them just like buying into it. Like we need you to do this for us to be successful. So let's start doing it, you know? I mean, that's huge. I think that the individual meetings and it's, that's actually something that uh, Jenny Levy was on here a couple weeks ago too. She said, that's kind of the, one of the key things is these feedback meetings, just those like every two weeks, just making sure that your coaching staff sees that person, whether they're the person that's been cutting through every single play, you know what I mean? And never had a stat or, uh, you know, a, not a, a scout team attacker is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? How important they are just, getting everyone to buy in, I think is just huge. Um, do you think that when they're playing offense that they are like understanding, like exactly, all right, this cut and cutting through is helping that this person, um, is getting that goal. Now, is that like celebrated between your players? Is that celebrated from your coaching staff? Do they like understand that how important that role is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a couple of things is one, I think their movements are also within the system. So Mm -hmm. at times I think that they're just like doing it because that's part of their job in the system, you know? Um, And then, so I think that helps a lot, but then two, yes, like we celebrate the little things all of the time. Like I try to always like stop plays and say, this happened because of you, you know, and not sometimes like celebrating the goal, but celebrating the person who drove, grabbed two, and then moved to the ball. Right. You know, um, I think that that's like that part of like, I'm um, fast, fierce and together, like playing together is how can I like stop the play a lot of the times and focus on that, like togetherness piece. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think that that's something that they value. And I also think that that's just the personnel of our team. Like everyone mm-hmm. is just such a great like teammate that they're happy when somebody else like has success or they're happy to do the little things for somebody else. Um, 
So I, I do think that they value like each other so much and each other's success. That's awesome. Happy when someone else has success, I think is probably the most important thing for a culture and especially like a girl's team. And I talk about this a lot with a couple of like, you know, friends of mine, just like when people succeed a lot of times, especially in high school, girls either want to bring that person down or they want something equal, you know? And I think the ability to you know, clap for someone or genuinely be happy for someone's success and then raise your own game. That's like excellence and a great team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember being in college and people, you know, like talking about points and kind of like competing against each other for points. And I never got that, you know, and I do think the cool thing about like our team is even though we have, you know, a lot of high scoring players, they're not doing it because they want the points, you know, they're doing it because that's what our team needs for them to be successful. And I would even say, I don't think a lot of them even know how many points they have. Right. You know? I don't think that's something that we like focus on. They just are trying to like do their role and they know that if they do that, we're going to be successful and that's why they do it. Um, and I like really, really love that about like this group. That's awesome. It's, it's definitely contagious, you know, and then it's almost that person that is negative becomes the outlier where you see really talented teams where that's not the outlier. And that's when they don't, you know, make it to the end or they don't, you know, win those big games because of that energy that we've talked about from the beginning, which is awesome that I think your staff in general is instilling them in them and probably instilling in each other. Mm -hmm. um, heading into a little bit more of like your shot selections and shooting clearly you're getting a lot of great shots off. You're, you know, you're putting the ball in the back of the net. What is something that you guys focus on when shooting, shooting percentage um, and just shot selection? I think, you know, we, I watch high school lacrosse all the time and it's crazy how many times people shoot stick side high or like they fake and they put it in the same spot or they just don't take that extra second to put it in the back of the net and how important angles are and just taking that time to put it around the goalie. Mm-hmm. We, um, thank you. I mean, we are leading RCA in like shot percentage and that's something that I'm really proud of within our team. I think that that's something that we've come really far on. Um, we have like a non-negotiable on our team. Like we don't take low angle shots. Um, I and I do think that that's something that like our team is really bought into and even in practice, you know, and now it's really cool to see when somebody does take a low angle shot in practice it's not me that's saying, Hey, that's a non-negotiable. It's like one of the girls on the team that's saying, that, <laughs> you know, so that's like really cool. But, um, but we just really value high percentage opportunities. And, um, and then I think our, our girls in general this year, because they're having such great opportunities, I think they're doing a great job of like seeing the cage and adding a fake on their shot. And we do talk a lot about like the little things, but I do again, think it's just from over the years repetition and they're really seeing it now. Now, do you, um, do a bunch of shooting drills at practice? Like, is there, you know, a space for shooting reps every day or is that something they do on their own or how do you kind of go about, you know, getting those reps and teaching these angles and shots? Mm -hmm. Well, we do shooting drills like every day, you know, when we start up practice, we, I'm sure most teams do this, but split up like positionally. Mm -hmm. So our attackers, you know, our, our attackers and middies are with me doing shooting. And then our middies and defenders are with Maddie at the other end, and working on something on the other end. And, um, 
so yeah, we start off practice every day with it. And we talk about angles. We talk about, you know, the technique, we talk about running through our shots. And, um, I do think that that repetition has, is just like constantly ingrained in their heads. And then we do shooting for this year. We actually did something different too, as we've been taking stats on all of our shooting drills. I do think that that's helped too, because instead of just running through a drill and, you know, missing three shots and not thinking about it, you know, they're actually seeing, okay, this is my shooting percentage in the show. I, I really need to work on this. Wow. Um, I love that. Yeah. Now, do you have just a manager take the stats what, like in the middle of the shooting drill? Mm-hmm. They can see it like right after. They can see it right after. And we highlight like a lot, like if somebody has 60% or higher. Hey, Maddie, you had 60% in the shooting. That was awesome. Wow. You know, really trying to highlight a lot of like the great plays and not saying anything to the people who are, you know, 30%, but maybe in their feedback meeting, I'd say something to them like, okay, like that's, this is something that we need to work on. I love that. That's like, uh, there's a lot to do with like just data and like, you know, I've been reading this thing on like actually running and just getting faster. You need to record your time. So you're not going to get faster if you don't record your time, you know, mm-hmm. it seems so like, and I think girls have a fear of like being timed or like, you know what I mean? But if you make that like part of their everyday experience, like they have real live data to go against every day. Like my shooting percentage was 50 yesterday. Let's just get 55 or let's get 60. That's huge. Yeah, I agree. It has been huge. And then we do the same thing with our like eight meters is on every hash we do 28 meters. So our team has to get 12 of the 20. We have to get 60% for us to move on to the next hash. And again, it's just putting that pressure on them. Okay. Like I've got to score. I got to step up to the line and be ready to score on this one. Um, so again, I think it's just, um, putting that pressure on them in practice is making them not even think about it in a game. Right. I like that a lot as well. We do eight meters as like every day and we used to do them at Northwestern all the time. I mean, eight meters are like literally half the goals. I don't know how yeah. we don't practice them all the time. <laughs> right. Um, my husband's like, how do, how do girls not score these? I'm like, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> it, is. it is a lot harder. Um, but I like that just getting that percentage and putting the pressure on them. I think that's huge, you know, is they're practicing with pressure because in the game it's pressure and you know, look how many times at the end of the game do you see it becoming an eight meter to tie the game or an overtime goal or whatever it is. Yeah. We're doing eight meters almost every day in practice. Love it. Sometimes we're doing them for a little too long when it's not 12, you know, 12 for 20. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. You know, but, um, but yeah, we do them pretty often. I have a question about when you do the eight meters and you're taking that many shots, are the goalies in the whole entire time getting pelted with balls? Yes. Yeah. That's like the unfortunate thing for them is they are. And actually Kelsey's awesome. And sometimes Kelsey will step in too. Oh, that's great. But I mean, that's the thing about having such strong goalies is like they're, you know, our shooters are great, but our goalies are great too. So it's like iron sharpens iron, you know? Right. I know the other day we did a similar thing with eight meters and it just took a while. So the goalies were getting a ton of shots and I was like, maybe I should do these tennis balls. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Could that be the same thing? And it's going to be a little bit lighter on them. <laughs> And like, they're still getting the same shot off. I just felt bad for my goalie's kneecaps, but I'm like, come on girls, just don't hit their knees. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, last kind of tactical strategy question about just lacrosse is your midfield draw unit and your girls like on the circling and taking the draw. Um, do you guys focus on this every single day? Are you more of like, do you have one draw girl that's doing great going to herself or is it your circle people are battling? 
where are you guys kind of at and your philosophy on the draw for this year for your team? For this year? I wish we did work on our draw a little bit more. Um, usually we have would have in like a non-COVID year, but you know, I think everyone's like, you know, having to change things up, but, um, but we, our draw team is just so gritty. That's what I love about them. Our circle players are like really are, are, you know, fight for every ground ball. They stay with the play. They go in twos for the ball. Um, they don't give up on the play. You know, a lot of times they'll get back checks if the other team gets it. And, um, so I think we really have a strong circle play. Um, so it's tending to be like where, where we've been successful in our, in the season. Awesome. So it's more like you're going to try and mess up their go-to draw person, probably get it on the ground and beat them in the 50, 50 battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's more, I mean, that's kind of, you're kind of work on that naturally in practice, probably through your drills anyways, if that's the way you're going about winning the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we'll work on draws a couple of times, like before, you know, before the games, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, we just are really lucky to have like Carson and Corinne and Haley, who are just really strong circle players and so we yeah. feel confident in them going to the games. That's great. And so you have a huge game on Sunday, another CAA conference game on, uh, against Hofstra, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another, another conference games. So we'll play Hofstra and Towson again. Awesome. Two big games. So everyone needs to tune in and watch you Thanks. and cheer for Drexel. Um, one last kind of, kind of question is just, we end every podcast with just a little recruiting question on some advice you have for the 23s that are out there getting ready. It's been such a crazy year with COVID heading into, we just actually heard that June 1st, we're good to go for recruiting. So that's big news. Kind of some, some advice for them, what they should be doing, what you look for um, at Drexel and, you know, how they can get prepared for the summer coming up. Um, I guess the biggest advice that I have for them is, I can imagine that there's probably a lot of like, they're feeling a lot of pressure, you know, with not being at tournaments with college coaches. And so seeing that for the first time I can imagine would be difficult for them. So I think my biggest advice for them is to just have fun and be confident in who they are. You know, you don't know what coaches are looking for. And I'm sure that every coach is looking for something different and what they have to offer is probably really special. And somebody is going to value that in them. So I think just having really fun and enjoying who they are and just putting that on the field and um, being the best like teammate that they can be. Um, I think one of the things that we really look for going off of that is um, just somebody who works so hard all the time. So even if they don't score the goal, well, how are they riding? You know, and if they're not, you know, um, you know, they turn the ball over. Oh, what are you doing afterwards? And so I think a lot of times, like these high school players put so much pressure on what they're doing, you know, I miss that goal, you know, but it's really not about that. It's really about, you know, what you're going to do afterwards. And I think that says a lot about like the teammate or the player that you are. So um, that's something that we really look for. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back out there and, you know, having some normalcy this summer. Totally. Can't wait. That's awesome. Sounds like you really value just like who the person is and their character because that's what your team's all about this year and it's working and it's going to continue to work. You guys are doing awesome. So I wish you guys the best of luck and I really thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Colleen.